first one that jumped out to me today said that Idaho home prices jumped 10% in November. Wow. Yeah, and and that totally stuck out to me as crazy because traditionally, you know, November and December, people aren't really buying that many houses, you know, in the middle of that school year as holidays are starting. So to see a 10% increase in Idaho at the end of the year, that would tell me, hey, the market's booming and doing really well. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat, $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com, futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish uh, the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistance. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible 
This company is in how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. Hey, Rockstar Nation. This is Aaron Amuchastegui with Pat Hyben for the first state of the market of 2020. It is crazy to think that our new year has started. It's been a couple weeks since we got to talk to you last and we got all sorts of news to talk about today. Pat, how are you? Good, buddy. How are you doing? It's great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Excited to be back. What do you want to dive into first, brother? What do you think? How, how about these stats, man? There's so many stats coming out with the new year. Let's talk about some. Yeah, I mean, we were we were talking predictions a few weeks ago and now already there's like all the news that are that are hitting the headlines is like really it's kind of big stuff, which is funny because 2019 was a year where, where there, there's plenty of people thinking the market was going up, plenty of people thinking the market was going down, and now we're seeing these, these first ones. So first one that jumped out to me today said that Idaho home prices jumped 10% in November. Wow. So, yeah, and, and that totally stuck out to me as crazy because traditionally, you know, November and December, people aren't really buying that many houses, you know, in the middle of that school year as holidays are starting. So to see a 10% increase in Idaho uh, at the end of the year, that would tell me, hey, the market's booming and doing really, uh, doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. And, y- you know, I think prices are up. The negative numbers that you see are inventory being down, which uh, uh, simple economics with supply and demand would make sense, right? You have less houses, so people are willing to pay more, right? Because if the demand is still there, yet, so, so you have less houses, yet you have, so you basically have less transactions though, right? Because agents are less real estate commissions being paid and this being a show for real estate agents, that means less agents are getting paid because there's less houses to buy. 
Yeah, I, th I think agents like it when there's a lot of houses on the market. What were the stats saying for months of inventory? Like yes and no. I mean, if it's too many, right? Then it's a seller's market. It's a buyer's market, and then you know, you know, it could it works against agents. And the same co thing could be say if there's too little, because then there's not, you know, people are competing, and then and you know there's not enough transactions, right? You're writing three or four offers to get one house, uh, so you're working harder. So it's really hard to. Really hard to say what agents like. I think agents just like to get paid. So if you're just looking at the number of transactions, that's always the best number. And and and, and a lot of those numbers aren't aren't out yet. But yeah, inventory on as far as the inventory is concerned, it says we're at a three year low. It says housing inventory is at its three year low. First time in three years since the uh, beginning of 2018, it looks like. Does it say months of inventory in there? Is it saying like a like? Is it just the least amount of houses available, or is it saying? And this is coming off a of housing wire, and it said uh, the month of December two thousand nineteen saw the largest year-over-year -year decline of housing inventory in almost three years. The inventory declined by twelve percent, according to Realtor.com. Yes, that's less houses. Yeah, just bottom line, right? Why do you think there's less houses for sale? You know, I, you know I, there may be two things that are happening. Maybe more stuff is selling, but the but or maybe you know people hit that November December and they said they're going to take their houses off the market over the holidays, right? Like rather than you know they come to they come to September October they they feel like no one's going to buy a house over Christmas. Let's just take our house off the market and wait a few months. The uh, I wonder we should try to get some year over year historical data for next time and see see what happened last December because it, it makes sense to me that houses would come come off the market. It used to be one of my theories. I mean, it's, it's either good news that stuff's selling or less people are, or more stuff's off the market. Yeah. Washington posted an article too, uh, where they asked people to predict this came out January 6th. So literally yesterday. And they're saying with unemployment hovering over a 50 year low wow. and interest rates well below historical norms, the real estate agency is being dragged down by scarcity and housing stock. Right. Uh, they're essentially saying because, uh, you know, the inventory is getting eaten. It's like yeah. food, it gets eaten and then there's no food left in the fridge, especially in affordable price ranges. Not enough new homes are being built, especially in affordable price ranges. And homeowners are staying put longer. So there's your answer. That, uh, that's all that happened. And they reached out to uh, NAR and they said NAR predicts moderate growth in the housing market. They expect the number of sales to rise to a 13-year high, you know, uh, that, which is an interesting prediction. Realtor.com did a prediction. They, you know, the Post got all these good uh, things, and they're saying that uh, it's going to be more challenging for buyers next year to find a home. They say the Realtor.com is saying they, they're predicting almost a 2% downward drive in existing home sales just because, because of those reasons, because there's not enough. And uh, I guess people are just bailing. Even though the rates are like Mac Daddy rates, for multiple reasons, they're just, gonna, they're just not going to buy. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's that whole supply and demand thing. You know, if there's, it also makes sense if they're saying, you know, the, the housing stock that they're missing is like that, that, you know, the nicer stuff that's affordable. You seem to see, you see more 10, 20, $30,000 houses like on the market getting wholesale or staying vacant in communities and then the, the stuff that's livable. And then when there's less available on the market, people have that choice with the low rates. They're either going to 
bid more than other people in order to get that house or after a while they get discouraged and they take a break and say, you know, it's too hard to find a house right now. Let's wait. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it's interesting. Well, you know, you never know, but it's cool to see everybody have to kind of put their predictions out there ahead of time, you know, and um, yeah. So anyways, well, I guess we'll wait and see. Let's, let's, let's move on. I saw there was a big, uh, in Texas, where you live part of the time, there was a big lawsuit with CoreLogic that got uh, settled. Tell me about that. Yeah, this is super interesting. I, 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 I saw this a week ago. And yes, the, in Austin, that's, that's, my, that's one of my homes. You know, Texas is a state that's called a non-disclosure state. I think there's maybe like eight or ten of them as states out there that are non-disclosure states. And a non-disclosure state means when somebody sells their house or buys their house, that amount, that dollar amount isn't public record. So in California, if I sell my house for $400,000, everybody knows it sold for $400,000. But in Texas, when you sell a house, you're allowed to mark down non-disclosure. You don't have to disclose it. So your deed can actually say you bought it for $10. And the reason that's important is, there's, well, there's all sorts of reasons that non-disclosure states are important. So it's when somebody's going to try to figure out how much a house is worth or not, they have to hire a real estate agent because the real estate agent has the MLS data, which is accurate because it's not public record. But the reason that there was this big lawsuit was, let's see, it was CoreLogic. Let me make sure that, that the, I know who was selling mm-hmm, yeah, it. was yeah. CoreLogic. So CoreLogic was Core Logic, selling yeah. real estate data to the Travis County Appraisal District. So in Travis County, the appraisals every, appraisers every year, they go and they say, this is what your house is worth now, and we're going to adjust your property taxes as a result of that. And the Travis County Appraisal District from CoreLogic, they wanted to buy that MLS data so they could get more accurate. So that way, of course, that way, because yeah, most of them, I, did, I don't know, like at, like in Maryland, and I think in South Carolina, it's it's the same thing. I was selling real estate close to thirty years, and I always just assumed that everybody did the same thing. You know what I mean? The title company just gave the information to the broker, the broker put an MLS and the county saw that you sold it and you got a high price for it. And then they jacked your price up based on what they saw. I just thought it was like public information. Yeah. That's how in California, when I sold my house, the, or, or if I bought a house, they changed my value to whatever I bought it for. And the property taxes were based on that. But in Texas, they have this appraisal district that, that they have appraisers that are responsible to guess what your house is every year. You know, I think it's January, February, every yeah, year. Yeah, so it's an assessment. So they, they could be completely wrong. And a lot of times they just do a percentage. So if you've owned it for 40 years and they do, you know, a half a percent a year, your assessment's going to be way lower than it's actually worth. Yeah. So, the, so they're selling this data. Appraisal District totally wants more data. But the Austin Board of Realtors sued CoreLogic and said, you did not have a right to sell our data. You know, the realtors are saying that their MLS, that they own the data. They didn't have a right to sell that. The, you know, they sent them a cease and desist. They also sent a cease and desist letter over to the, uh, the Travis County Board of Realtors and said, you have to destroy all that stuff. Like not, you can't use, even though you already have it, now you need to destroy it. You can't use it anymore. And the, and they settled, you know, it, it was a lawsuit that ended up coming down to the settlement. It says eight months after they sued them. And as the results of it, now um, they aren't, they, you know, CoreLogic refunded the Travis County for, for that. They're no longer selling them the data. They can no longer use the data. And it really, you know, and that could be some sort of precedent for, real, for, for realtor offices out there to be protecting that data. You know, realtors want to protect that data and they, Austin has proved they can. 
Yeah, what's interesting is, and that's good that they won. I mean, I mean, it is what it is, right? If you're not supposed to sell it and it's not supposed to be public and you want to keep it private, I mean, I mean, it actually does help the consumer, right? Because yeah, I mean, if you could public, be buying a house and paying a lot less taxes than the house is actually worth, especially if you're buying, like I said, from someone that's owned it for a long time. Yeah, you don't want them to know what you sold it for. You don't want them to guess. I mean, there's a better chance that your property tax are going to, because here's the other thing. If they charge you too much for your property taxes, you can go dispute it and actually prove what you bought it for. So if they, if they assess you too high, you can go argue with them and say, no, I bought it for less than that. But if they assess you too low, you know, then you just get to be happy. It's just so weird. It's like, how do, uh, so like, how, how do these county assessors even come up with what your house is worth? And how do, if it's not public, how, uh, I guess appraisers have access to MLS. And that's what CoreLogic was, was the access to the MLS. Yeah. But doesn't like Zillow and can't you get solds on some of these, on some of these websites now, or, or is that only in certain states? Yes. Like I know like in Zillow, you can, you can see what stuff sold for, but I guess that's based on the county records. Yeah, it's a little of both. So like Zillow for Austin, Texas, so some properties it'll say this is what it sold for. Some properties it'll say it sold and all they'll tell you is what it last, last listed for and how long it was on the market. So, so they have to make some guesses, right? So the, real, so the appraisal district can say, oh, it was, they listed it for $200,000, but it took them four months to sell it. So maybe they sold it for one eighty. dollars or 190. So they're, I mean, they're educated as they try to do it, but it's that data. And, you know, we're living in a time where data is worth so much money. There's all these real estate technology companies coming out there that are, that are basing all of their, you know, they're creating all this new tech on like this new wave of real estate. And it is like the age of data. These companies are gathering data, selling them, for, selling the data for a ton of money. And they're holding on to what they have that makes them unique. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And I guess it, it's beneficial to the agents there in the agent community because, you know, it, it makes your MLS and your access to the MLS worth that much more money. You yeah. know, worth, worth, worth your weight gives you, gives you a reason as a consumer to have to call an agent, you know, because they, the, they have all the sold info. I tell you what, it happened, it happened to me in a, in a county, you know, it's like three hours west of Austin. I bought a house out there as a flip. I was used to seeing public record comp data and there was none. I had to call a local real estate agent because the MLS had that data and they weren't sharing it with realtor, with, with, with uh, Zillow or anything else. So I had to hire an agent instead of hiring a flat rate listing and I had to pay the full commission price because he had the data. He could tell me what it was going to sell for. Yeah. Crazy. Let's talk technology, man. There's some crazy stuff going on with technology. There's all these companies flourishing, uh, popping up. And, and uh, these are some we haven't even talked about. I want to start off by talking about this company, Perch, right? This PERC, which, which basically recently just changed its name to Orchard, right? Orchardhomes.com. Basically, it's a, it's a Redfin model, which if you don't know about Redfin, it, it, you know, licensed agents that are salaried employees, right? Salaried employees, they offer an all digital close, right? They raised 20 million last year. They just raised this month, 36 million more. They've raised a total of 69 million. So let's say 70 million bucks. Yeah. All recently, right? And all the last couple of years. So these guys got $70 million in the coffer. They're a real estate sales company. Revenues coming from commissions, right? You know, and, and iBuyer type stuff, which they don't, they don't want to be recognized as an iBuyer, right? But, um, but, uh, but that there's, a lot of people are after that profit as well. Everybody, let's say. 
Yeah. And and so you know they're on the move, and I, I just find it fascinating. What do you think about this? Yeah, you know, so so the article says that Perch started as an iBuyer. We've been talking about iBuyers a bunch over the last couple months. They started as an iBuyer, and then it said one of their business, their next business model in the next phase was they would offer a home sale guarantee where they would buy. If, if you said I want to sell my house and I want to buy that one, they would buy the next one for you in cash and list your old house on the market. And if they didn't sell it within a certain amount of days, so that way they could act. So for them to be able to transact and sell your house, they, they would actually like loan you the money to buy your next one. Well, so you could move out and do it. Now there's a couple of businesses doing that. And so now, but then now they're taking it to another level where they're trying to do this, this perfect end user experience, the buyer, you know, from, from buying to selling, they want you to say all digital close, all digital. They're close. trying to make the whole thing all digital and, if possible, I think, right? Eventually, if they're not already, this is where they're going. And then have the employees, the salary employees transact it, right? Ideally, ideally, a lot of these companies, I think, want, want the transaction to be no human being physically met, like handshaken, right? It's kind of what Geico Insurance did to the insurance industry, sort of, right? Where they, where they took out the insurance agent, hand-to-hand contact, face-to-face contact, hired telemarketers to do the job and then, and then uh, drop, drop their prices. It's the same thing, right? Is, 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 I think what these guys are getting at. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how they really make their money. Though I guess it's just a, maybe a low commission split model or maybe they get a spread when they're, when they're buying the next house. When it says they've raised that much money, there's obviously you know, going to be some sort of an upside for, for the real estate experience they're offering. But yeah, that, that end user, all digital clothes, like the, I think 2020 is going to be the year where we're going to see just a, a, just a lot more of that. You know, there's a, a few big companies on the market doing that. And the, like I said, it's, all, it's going to be all about real estate technology this year. Yeah. And, and like a lot of this money, a lot of this 70 mil, right? It's not, it's not going in the traditional real estate build. It's not like building a Remax or building a Keller Williams or, or, or something like that. Right. I mean, a lot of it's going into technology and, um, and, and, and these guys has scientists. Let me read this to, let me read this. This might explain some of what they're trying to do as well as what we've already talked about. It says, for example, Orchard has improved its search function ability to allow users to choose which photo they're searching for. Let's say the master bedroom is the most important room in the home to you or the kitchen. Orchard lets you search by pictures of that room as you browse homes. Let's just say the, the, let's go with kitchen. You can browse homes and you can search by kitchens based on the photograph. Orchard is also working on a new machine learning powered search system that would allow users to select five homes they love to help the search algorithms find homes similar to them. So, so it's not the consumer that's trying to like, look at this house and eh, unfit, look at this house and fit. Let's say you're looking for a big flat backyard because you have five big dogs and you want it to be fenced and flat and whatever. And you start clicking on algorithm, just clicking on photos of flat backyards. It's going to find houses for you that have this perfect backyard or perfect kitchen. That's totally smart. I mean, it is smart, right? When people are looking for stuff, there are people are picky and people have their things that they like. And so you know, you really never know what it is, but the, I think that, I think that's pretty smart. They find a way to go. This person's always looking at the kitchen. Traditional real estate. We used to always think, no, you need a picture of the front yard. You need a picture of the, of the house at an angle. You need a picture of the kitchen and a picture of the master bath. 
that maybe now, but different people have different things they're looking for. You know, if you go to the Orchard Homes website, right at the very beginning, it says, and this may have been before they started to make the change, it says, become a, pas- a cash buyer. We'll help you find a home you love. So that's with their technology. And then we're going to reserve that house using our cash. You no longer have to make a contingent offer. We're going to buy that house in cash for you. Then skip the showings. After you move out of the house into your new house, we're going to clean it up, list your old house for sale and sell it for you. We're going to sell it for top dollar because now it's cleaned up and empty. Like that's a, that, and so they're trying to say, we're going to help you buy another house and then we're going to sell your old house all digital. And that's that like that full spectrum for that user. You're like, hey, I want a new house. They help you find it. They fund it. You move. They sell your old one. You're like, that was easy. That's like the, that's like the easy button, right? Yeah, and the weird thing, you know, I, I, I mentioned before about the sixty-nine million. Well, here's the thing: they also got, a, they also got an, a debt, debt raise, right? So it, basically, they've raised two hundred twenty million dollars. Uh, I found another article. It says um, home buying and selling platform purchases two hundred twenty million in debt equity. It just says uh, a the two hundred twenty million in a combination of equity twenty mil to fund operations and debt. 200 mil to finance home purchasing. So they basically have a, a loan for 200 million of which they could tap into and like buy and sell and flip houses. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was going to say that's what that debt was going to have to be. If they're telling you, Hey, we're going to go buy your next house in cash for you. So that way you don't have to get a loan on it. That's, that's the, that's the debt, right? The debt's going to, they're going to use that to go buy this house that the person's moving into while they sell their old one. tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate, was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself, and he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen... There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, 
for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. Yeah, the weird thing, Aaron, is like it's the total, total traditional method of um, building a real estate company is changing. Like, you know, if you look at like Hull Banker and, and Remax and, you know, whatever companies, right? You know, the, the whole concept was you start a company, you hire an office manager, that manager recruits agents or agents take a test and, and then you're take a take a class through you, you bring them on, you train them, that sort of thing. And, and you just recruit, right? You recruit agents, you retain agents over a very long period of time, right? Yeah. You know, decades, centuries. And uh, now these companies coming in and say, hey, you know, this company perched, like, which is, you know, now Orchard started in 2017. They're going, you know, they're going cutting the chase, right? There's none of that recruiting and, opening up offices and all that shit, right? It's just straight to, you know, this is how we do it. And this is how we grow. And then agents join them. And obviously they're trying to offer a lot of things that aren't what the traditional real estate companies are offering. Yeah. It's uh, you know, XP was one of the first ones that started doing that, right? Or maybe not one of the first ones, but they were, but they, got well, they didn't start with cash. They, I mean, they, they're kind of, they, they, they're, they're more traditional in their recruitment, more like Keller Williams in their recruitment, right? They recruited with profit share. So it was like through the agents versus through the, That's true. the office manager. Like, so, yeah, so some are going to recruit through tech. You know, this orchard, they're recruiting for the idea to like, look, we're providing the people cash. Of course, they're going to use you. That's like, like and Redfin too. It's like people go to Redfin because they're like, like there was an agent that used to work at my team that works for Redfin now. And it was like, you know, you go there for the salary, you know, you're, you're a licensed agent and you're like, you know what? I don't want the ups and downs of this. I'm going to go there. For, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Orchard and get a salary, right? Yeah. And I can do what I love, but get a salary. So this kind of merges into a couple other articles that popped up, right? I, I was reading uh, some articles on TechCrunch and housing wire and they talked about these two companies that are kind of similar but but also different but it's a fascinating way that people are buying houses now that i had never heard of before what do you know about fleck f-l-e-q fleck.com yeah you know and i think this is actually a sign of that lower inventory thing all these companies one of their headlines is now you can be a cash buyer Right. So the what Fleck is, but but this new one, Fleck, this is super interesting. I hadn't heard about this until now, but they're saying, hey, we're going to be the cash buyer for you to go in and buy this house. And but you're just going to buy a portion of it. So if you can go buy this house for two hundred thousand dollars and you've got ten thousand dollars, but you want to be a homeowner, they say, OK, we'll go buy this house with you. But, but you're going to own 5% of the house and we're going to own 95% of the house. Or let's say you know, you're buying a house for $100,000. You give them 50,000, you put in 50,000. So you own half the house, they own half the house. That means you're going to share in half of the mortgage, half of the expenses, pay rent on the other portion. It's kind of, 
it's it's really interesting, but it, I think it's for mostly for people that have been traditionally renters, don't have enough money, or can't get qualified for a full purchase, but they want to be able to have a belief that they're gaining some equity. So they so they get to have that equity in the house, and the you know if they sell in a year or two, it's super easy. They say, hey, we'll just buy you out. And maybe if you put in ten thousand, the next year you get eight grand back. Maybe you get twelve grand back. I don't know. See th- this, I I kind of like this idea because it solves a a an overreaching problem. And if you look at you listen to some of these um, presidential candidates and they address this unaffordability factor that exists in the United States right now. Like it's very, you know, it's very, you make 45 grand a year. It's very difficult to go out there and buy a house in a lot of these metropolitan areas that's, you know, in, in a safe neighborhood. Right. And if you make 25 grand a year, it's just, you can't. Right. right. So, so this affordability factor of own of homeownership is a problem. And uh, this solves that, right? Because you can essentially go in and say, look, I don't have any, I got a thousand dollars, you know, I, it, it's going to cost 10,000 in closing. So I'm never going to save up that extra nine. Fleck puts up nine, you put up one, you own 10% of the house. Fleck owns 90% of the house. Your septic system goes up because the house is built in 1950. Yeah. It costs 10 grand. You pay one, they pay nine grand. Your AC goes out. It costs 3,000. You pay, you know, 300. They pay 2,700. I mean, for people that are scared to own homes because of the potential massive amount of repairs, it's a great deal. Reminds me of kind of like uh, the car industry. Yeah, it's. I think, I think it solves the problem too, because for people that are worried about the, you know, the risk of owning a home or a downside or the nerves of that, they get to feel like they own the house. I mean, they get to own the house. On these websites, they say you can still remodel it. You can improve it. We encourage that. Like, it's your house. Right. You can paint it, right? Yeah. You can have 10 dogs. Yeah, but if, the, but if the roof gets messed up and it has to be replaced, you're not on the hook for the whole thing. And so it gets them... I mean, everybody that owns their house, most people own their house, they still have a loan for 90% of it, right? So everybody, when they say they own their house, but if you, get, if you buy a house and you get a loan That's for a good 90%, point. you still have to, and the, but the roof goes out, you pay for the whole thing, right? So I don't own any, I don't own my house outright. I've got a loan on it. So just I didn't think about that. Guys, and then share it, right? I yeah, guess. another cool thing about it that I like about it is you can, and again, this is why it reminds me of the car industry. You could trans, you could jump from house to house. Like you could live in the house for a year and be like, nah, you know, honey, let's buy, uh, let's, you know, let's say you have twins, unexpected twins, and you already have two kids, you know, you're like, we need another bed. We needed two more bedrooms. You can buy another house in the neighborhood that comes up for sale. Literally, you know, five months after buying your first house and you could transfer your equity in the one fleck to the next without ever listing your house for sale. Like literally you could buy that house cash, do another Fleck deal, transfer your Fleck industry, uh, Fleck. Yeah, it's like uh, a trade-in. You're trading in your house. Yeah, it's like a car trade-in, right? You're trading it in, right? You're trading the equity in. And literally like the next week you could, you could own another house and get rid of the first one. Yeah. I, Just yeah, like I, a car. I do think it's pretty, and maybe you know, if you trade out within the first year, maybe you lose a couple thousand bucks. Maybe if you stay in that house for over a year, you gain a couple thousand. I don't quite know how that part will work, but that definitely is, is the, the story behind it on how they do it. You, don't, you can cash out. You can move out whenever you want. And here's the, other, here's the other thing too, right? Prices go down, right? 
pay 500 for a house. You go to, you want to bail in three years. Next thing you know, it's worth 420. Yeah. I mean, you're not on the hook, right? You're only on the hook for 10%. Right. You just, you lose a little bit of your money. You don't lose all your money. The, uh, yeah, it's, it's the benefits of home ownership. It's the, what it all sounds like. I have not done a Fleck deal and I haven't read any reviews yet, but this thing, it sounds like it's the benefits of home ownership without the risk. And the only thing that you're really giving up is if the house gains a hundred thousand dollars in value and resells, you don't get to make a hundred thousand. You only get your percentage of it. So that, but that's the only downside for all those upsides. You know, the, I could see that really being, but there's a, the, the crazier part about it. So this I hadn't even heard about. But there's another company too. It's doing the same thing, or, or something similar. It's like a the competitor of Fleck. Do you know which one? Yeah, Hows H A U S. And, and yeah. that, that one, I think, start it might have started first. This one, it was by this guy Garrett Camp, who was a co-founder of uh, Uber. Yeah, it's the tech into real estate. Yeah, so it, and their website says the same thing: home ownership within reach. Now you can be a cash buyer. Plus, you can access your equity. And that one, it sounds like you can actually cash out some of your equity. So let's say you put 20000 down for a house, but in a few months, you need ten grand out of it. You can take some out. You can put more back in. It's like a savings account, but you own your percentage of your house. Like, yeah, sell your house without fees. And the guy, co-founder of Uber, that's a big deal, right? Getting somebody like that jumping in to, to decide to do some tech. They've, they've obviously done a thing or two. It's interesting. They got to they sell with house. It's free and simple. I don't know how it's free, like no commission. Tell us about your home, book a photographer, schedule services, and start the paperwork. We post your listing in the multiple list. We also give you free signs and flyers. You receive and compare offers. House handles the closing to finalize the sale. Dude, what's the catch? You know, Rockstar listeners, if you guys know what the catch is or you know more about these companies you've had an experience, send us a message or an email or something. We'd love to know more. Because right now we're sound, we're pretty excited about what what might be happening on there. Very interesting, right? It says the house thing. It says forget the rules of real estate. We are not a bank or a lender. We're a co-investor. We share in the equity of your home. Next, so, going to be just Bitcoin. What? <laughs> Next, somebody somebody's going to take this to the whole thing where it's like all digital. Plus, we just do Bitcoin. It's like totally forget all the rules. Everything's pretty cool. Yeah, stuff. I mean it's a pretty big operation. So. You know, I, I don't know, but it'd be interesting to watch. I think, I think, I, I think they're kind of neat, and I think anything that's going to get people, you know, uh, you, you know, the downside to renting, obviously, your landlord could raise a rent at any time. Your landlord could kick you out when they want to sell it, or or just kick you out for any reason. When your lease is up, you have no control, and this these things give you an opportunity to have that control, to paint it whatever you want, to do whatever you want, to pretend like you own it. And, and essentially do own part of it, but to not have you jacked up if you decide you don't want it anymore or, or have you have it be unaffordable because it, it, it sure as hell makes it extremely affordable when you only got to contribute 5% of the total cost. Yeah. I think one of the sites I said, you have to come up with at least $10,000, but other than that, that was it. Like the so you could buy a house for a few hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that was house. That was ten. That was ten. House has a minimum of ten percent, but um, Fleck doesn't. Fleck, I think, doesn't have a minimum. You could, you, they can own the whole thing. I think. I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, anyways, awesome, Aaron. Well, this has been a blast, buddy. This is uh, a good state of the market, and uh, I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun chatting with you too. It's going to be a real fun year, seeing what takes off this year for the news. So, I can't wait to talk to you again about the next uh, state of the market. All right, buddy.
As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.